This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 56 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we talk with Jean-Pierre, massage therapist in Wellington, Florida. We learn about the Challenge of the Americas Grand Prix Quadrille Competition, which raises funds for breast cancer research. Tigger delves into hay analysis. And in Coffee Clatch, we talk with Laura Papard on dealing with grief over the loss of a horse or pet. Join us. Hi, girls. How's everybody going? How's everybody doing? Woo-hoo. What's new? <laughs> it's summer here in Florida. How about you? It's getting there. It's still <laughs> a little cold here. Take oh how about God. Wellington? It's hot down there, it's huh? It's hot. Yeah. It's hot. How? What's hot? What's Tell me hot. What's hot? Give me a number. Oh, upper 80s. That's hot. Yeah, that's well, it's warm. I, you know... I wear a jacket until it's about eighty-five, but um, you were you were destined to live in Florida, I think. Really? No. Well, yeah, it's a whole hurricane thing. Here's the thing: I just talked to somebody in Virginia. It's already broken. You know, it's like I think it was sixty-nine or seventy today. So, which is a great lead into Tigger. I'm moving back to Virginia. I know. Yep. You heard it here first. That's right. It's. Public, yeah. So I'm excited about that. And then I just have to be in, in Wellington in the uh, in the winters, which is what what will happen next year. But um, yeah, so that it will be nice and warm everywhere I go. <laughs> I do like I do like chillier weather. I just don't like it to be chilly and gray for long periods of time. So it's good to get in the car and go south. Yep. Yeah. There we go. Yep. Tigger's like, and it's ready to go home. I'm ready to go home. <laughs> I want to be on my farm. Right. I I had to go out and uh, this past weekend. We just got back from our, Glenn and I just got back from our cruise on vacation. So the first thing I had to do was clip scooter when I got back. Glenn's Hackney Pony scooter um, gets a winter coat that's a little bit, no, it's exactly like a grizzly bear. (laughs) So I I shaved all of it off and it was so funny because I got the clippers out and I took a swipe across his middle and he took a, he he sighed a giant sigh and his eyes closed and he says, I've been waiting. Uh, Wait for this. Where have you been, mother? (laughs) You're on vacation and I'm in a sweater and 80 degrees. Yes, exactly. So I shaved him from the tip of his little tiny nose to to his coronets. Oh, I bet he loved that. He feels so much better and he's so fat. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Well, that's nice to get underneath all that hair and see that you've been feeding your pony well. Yeah, he's, he's nice and fat. Yeah. There we go. Well, I'm gonna have to listen to Critter Nutrition this time and make sure I'm getting this right because he sure is fat. <laughs> Don't get Tigger started. We have too big of a show. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot to a lot to we have a lot well, to I was gonna done. say maybe the first step is uh is Jean Pierre. Uh oh. Scooter needs a good massage. <gasps> Ooh, that that cir- nice. Circulation going. I think that's that a grand sounds- idea. Let's chat with Jean Pierre. I like it. Okay. Sounds good to me. And we're here with my favorite massage therapist, Jean-Pierre Houdebe. Welcome, Jean-Pierre. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So um, I sing your praises all the time. You work on my dogs. You work on me. You work on everybody I know, who horses. What are some of the common areas with riders that um, are areas that, of their bodies that get tight or stuck or need body work? I mean, you're talking about the riders, uh, regardless of discipline. Uh, right. The most, mm. the most common problem is low back with the psoas locking up the hip flexors. So your psoas and the iliacus, which we know as iliopsoas, they get locked up. So they have lower back pain, mm-hmm. and because of that lower back pain, there is referred pain upstream uh, on the spine, which cause upper back tension as well. But that's secondary. Meanwhile, the hip flexors will cause low back pain and then by the time you work on the leg as you know you know they keep moving the leg between forward and backward depending on what they want to do the, the horse to do the hip flexors get really locked up so 
that inside the groin and upper thigh is sometimes very painful with radiating pain down the leg, like similar to sciatic pain. And how about in horses? What's what? Well, with the horses, it varies a lot with the discipline, but the, co the most common tight part is, again, the hip flexors. In other words, for the horses at the level of T18, L1, 2, and 3, that's the attachment of the psoas. And as you know, uh, in dressage, they try to get the horse engaged underneath him. So that really stretched that, uh, put a lot of work effort on that psoas muscle. And with a jumper, they have to really thrust hard to push for that takeoff. And again, that's a big stress on the psoas. So that would be the most common area. Afterwards, the neck is probably second because of the reception of the landing, the turning on the dime, uh, with the horses in dressage, keeping up that pose of piaffing and all that jazz. Uh, you know, the neck gets a lot of stress. And there's a lot of, I would think, the same or different kind of stress in the neck for the jumpers who are just yeah. extending the neck to get well, over the, the jumpers, the jumpers have neck issue, but it would be more... Uh, at the level of the lower neck, C7, T1, uh, the first couple of ribs, mm. because of the jarring on the landing. Of course. In most, in most jump, they don't land square. You know, by the time they land, they still have the butt in the air. So you've yep. got a 1,500 pounds on average, a 1,500 pound horses <laughs> lands on the forehand. The yeah. rider is already turning his head toward the next jump. So the horse is following that lead. So depending on the first a uh, foreleg that lands is already twisting his body with a butt in the air toward the next jump. And that put a lot of torque on that upper thorax. So the withers get to become a very strong uh, stressed area. And remember, the olive thorax is 80% of, sorry, 60% of the weight of the horse. Wow. 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 So when you multiply that with the weight of the rider, the saddle, plus the velocity at the speed, when you have speed uh, classes, and they are jumping high, and they land hard, and they have to speed up to the next thing. That's a tremendous amount of force going on that area. And how about in dogs? What's a common um, area where they get tight? Well, again, the hip flexors for propulsion. Now, with dogs, it's a very different story. And I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to be uh, – uh, 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 sorry, I'm, um, I have too many things I want to say at once. Uh, again, the hip flexors are the same thing. What you have – is two sets of, of dogs. You have the dogs who are athletics because they are already uh, from day one athletic and they run a lot and they have the chance to go exercise on a regular basis on the, on the farm or, or they have a big garden or they're out all the time. And then you have the weekend dog warrior, you know, who is at home all day long because the, the, parent, the pet parent is working and then on the weekend they work hard. So those guys have different problems. If you understand my drift, yeah. So the weekend warrior will have more like an overall body soreness because they're not used to exercise. So everything gets sore. With the athletic dog, depending again on the discipline, you will have definitely the hip flexors, especially with jumps and pushing hard or pulling or jumping or whatever because of the hip flexor. But uh, one of the most leading uh, type of problem we see today with the modern uh, agility dog is the bicipital bursitis. So in other words, inflammation of the bursa at the point of shoulder, especially with the uh, wave poles. Well, that makes sense. So all those movements, which are not natural for the dog at all, right. unless it's chasing a very crazy rabbit, it never had done that job <laughs> yeah. in a regular life. I just know okay. that rabbits go through those weave poles. <laughs> they weave, they bob, they weave. They. <laughs> yeah, that constant switching to one side to the other. Yeah. But the thing is, when you see a, a dog go on the show, it does it once. But how many times did he repeat that to get there? Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And right. sometime on a weekend, he's going to do a three or ten time warm up. Then he does the show and that's one class. Then he does another class and maybe another class, you know. So this guy is doing it probably a hundred times over the weekend. Right. So, you know, it's, it's stress. So what... Jean-Pierre, what is your advice for um, first riders and then um, their advice for their horses and advice for their dogs in trying to manage um, these, um, you know, hip, lower back yeah. areas? So, well, I think that there is several things you can recommend pet owners, whether they are horse or dogs is indeed 
to get involved hands-on. So one thing would be to learn to develop already existing palpation skills. So you just need to become aware of what you can palpate a bit more and learn to recognize signs of inflammation. So that would be a first one. Then also learning to do some gentle stretches because an animal who is fit will always give you the same range of motion during a stretch. So if you get used to stretch your, your animal regularly, whether it's a horse or a dog, you know what to expect. The moment the dog is or the horse is not giving you the same range of motion, you know that it's compensation. There is something tight that not allowing him to stretch as usual. So that's already a giveaway. Mm-hmm. Third and third and also most important is nutrition, because a lot of that inflammation. Oh, you are singing my song. Well, <laughs> the, the nutrition is the basis. We become what we eat. And if an animal who exercises a lot doesn't have what he takes to maintain his body, guess what? It's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. The yeah. same way, if you don't put the the right oil or the right gas in your car, you're not going to go very far. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of minerals. There's a lot of vitamins that goes into the composition of the t- body tissues, especially the tendons and ligaments that support the skeleton. And if an animal is lacking those and you do the repetition and repetition and repetition of all those movements, well, sooner or later it's going to you know, fall apart and it's going to start to be inflamed. And before you know it, you're going to have micro tearing and so on and so on. So, well, my solution is um, just to call you on the phone and make it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, Sounds to, like to a good that, solution. That's why I, um, I try to promote classes on, on to people to learn to educate themselves <laughs> on their palpation skills, uh, some basic massage so they know how to make them, the dog feel good. Meanwhile, as they palpate key areas, they can evaluate. I have that beautiful book for dogs called Troubleshooting Your Dog and for horses called Fitness Evaluation of the Horse. Uh, with a 25-point palpation uh, routine that will identify the key areas on an animal. And as you do a gentle massage to your animal, the animal feels great because he feels loved, being touched and pampered. And you do your palpation evaluation, you do a few stretches, and you know how your animal is doing. And if something shows up as, wow, this is doubtful, then you can call the therapist or the vet and get it uh, taken care of. However, there's a difference between a key area having a problem versus a general condition and usually when you have general condition of inflammation it has to do with 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 like nutrition lack lack mm-hmm. of uh, minerals and vitamins and many believe me i have so many horses and dogs through the season that come to me and that's where the problem is the animal is fine it's trained fine the people are doing the right thing it's just the animal doesn't have what it takes to sustain the the stress so where can we get hold of these books jean-pierre well, there is uh, some of them are sold at different, uh, you know, uh, tax stores and online at different point of sales, and also on my website, which is uh, Massage Awareness and also AnimalAwareness.com. Uh, can you also get them through Amazon? Amazon and uh, uh, Barnes and Nobles, um, and then subsidiary of those. Um, can you repeat? Tax. Can you repeat the name? The names yeah. of the books. Uh, well, for the dog, it's called Troubleshooting Your Dog. Okay. And then the other one for horses is called Fitness Evaluation of the Horse. So I have um, a question that's not specific to types of mas- to the massage itself. How, um, I mean, most people that I know that do massage, they either do a they do people, they may do people and horses, but you do dogs. What What got you into sort of all of that? How did you end up well, where you are now? Well, it's 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 uh, um, uh, a particular. Uh, I was born in a family of healers, and and then uh, mm. at a young age, I learned to work on people, laying of hands, uh, bone setting, as it's called back then, before chiropractic and all that. And oh, uh, when I moved to Canada, uh, I used to be a, a technician working on satellites, and uh, I moved to Canada, and I got tired of working the three shift and all that, and I heard of massage school, and I say, whoa, what a great line of work. It will allow me to travel the world and and have adventures and do a job that I love to do. So I became a massage therapist for humans and started working with Sports Canada and really enjoyed uh, following teams and, and having great times in the Olympics and all that jazz. Oh, fun. And at one point, um, you know, I went back to love of horses. So I started applying what I had learned as a human onto animals and start to do it here and there for friends. And at uh, some point, somebody asked me to put a little clinic together to help educate people on stretching their horse and some basic massage. And that's when I realized that was in the late 80s, early 90s, that uh, 
there was no book to refer them to. And I oh, realized wow. there's a niche there. And then, uh, well, today I have what uh, I just uh, published 13 books so far. So it's it's all good. And uh, <laughs> indeed, work, working with the horse, with the dog, with the horses, sorry, you know, uh, you quickly go to the dogs. I love dogs as well. And most horse people have dogs. So it became only too natural to do dogs. And, and my publisher with the horse would say, hey, you know, you have something you can do with the dogs. And indeed. So we did that with the dogs as well. Wow. That's and really neat. That's it's neat. Interesting. It's interesting how uh, the, 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 the fields are very different because um, um, in, in the horse, uh, people, well, in, in a, a certain aspect of the industry of the horse, people are willing to pay to maintain their horse because it's a way to compete and to earn a living. Or Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Where with dogs, it's a very different story. The dog is part of the family, you know, and it's part of the furniture. We just go out and socialize and play uh, agility or or whatever else at the dog park. So it's a different mentality and, and people are a little bit more, um, um, how do you call that? Uh, some people resistant. will not hesitate. Yeah, resistant would be the word. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, they will not invest as much mm-hmm. however you have those diehard that would love to take a one-day course so they learn to pamper their pet and and so on and that's why i have that one-day clinic um, to help people learn to basic massage and if they want afterward they can buy books and, and learn to do more but at least that's you could neat. do a basic full body massage gentle stretching and use also heat and cold pads to to assist especially with the elderly dog because so much can be done to amel- to improve on aging dog uh, body and mm-hmm. lifestyle. You know, so many older dogs can hardly move because of arthritis. Well, if you take the time to stimulate circulation, do a little stretching, those animals will feel so much better quickly. Yeah. Quickly. And, and, and I mean, you make a difference for the last two or three years of that animal. Big time. Big right. time. And, and we're not talking about injections and taking uh, uh, drugs to mask the pain. Just a very natural way, uh, you know, so much you can be do be doing for for the animal. That's pretty neat. So when you say you do these classes, yep. where do you do them? Do you do them when you're in Wellington? All over. Um, uh, I'm I'm always reception. Uh, I travel a lot, so whenever people organize them for me, I have uh, agility club that organize something. They know I'm going to come by, so they tell the people, and we have a group, and then we'll do that. Uh, 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 different thing. If people contact me, you know, uh, in the off season, I have more free time to do private tutoring. Because it doesn't take long to 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 learn. When right. I try to organize a group, the, the problem with the group is to have a space big enough yeah. and to have mm-hmm. dogs obedient, <laughs> yeah. to quiet during the class. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, that it's just time. like people. Come on. Well, that's it. It's it's, it's a challenge, and uh, so um, I mean, usually when I have people that are serious that want to learn the the the, the massage part when i do a, an educational program i try to, to do private tutoring i might get two or three people together and that's it because we want to keep oh the okay versus well that makes sense yeah sure that yeah. makes sense and and so, so the dogs don't get too agitated because if you have one rebemptious dog that disturbs the whole group and 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 you lose a lot of time coming those dogs instead of learning right that would be tigger's dog yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> well, well you know if he's uh, she's getting to like her massage yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say uh, to our listeners, uh, Jean-Pierre travels up and down the East Coast um, all uh, summer and fall. So you don't have to be in Wellington, Florida to take advantage of his skills. So um, we have his phone number um, on the Healthy Critters website. So don't hesitate to to take advantage of his skills and his great sense of humor and his great energy. So thank you so much. Thank you. It was wonderful. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure always to pass the, you know, to, to get people excited about learning, knowing that they can learn to better care for their pets. Mm, And if if you don't feel up to it, just have Jean-Pierre do it. That's right. (laughs) Do that, Tigger. Okay, thanks, Jean-Pierre. Thanks, Jean-Pierre. Did you say hello? Hetty! Hetty! Patty and Tickle, Tickle and Patty, 
Is your Jennifer or Glenn? <laughs> it's Jennifer this week. Oh, fortune has signed upon us. <laughs> <laughs> poor I'm Glenn. So grateful. Yes, well, poor Glenn. When Glenn apologizes for his rude comments, then perhaps I will forgive him and allow my grace to shine upon him. But until then, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hetty, we understand you have another song. You know, my singing career is taking off, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) But I did want to talk about my sister, but I guess I could do singing and we could talk about my sister another time. Would that be preferable? Um, Which would you you like to do? This is tough. (laughs) Well... I mean, I would like to interview my sister about our servants, but perhaps we should do that another day. Is okay. your singing voice I mean, is your singing really, voice good today? I mean, performers have to be, you know, prepared. Well, it's true. I never really know will I be perfect or just acceptably amazing. <laughs> but I do try. Yeah, I want the song. I want the song. I don't know about you guys, but I want the song. Yeah, I'm voting for the song. I'm voting for the song. All right, all right. Stand by your teeth and tell the world you love it. Do not let anyone take it away. Stand by your teeth. Put some cheddar on toast. And then put it in the fire. Stand by your teeth. Teeth is the only food group I like to stand with my teeth. Another classic cheese song from Hattie. Thank you, Hetty. Thank you very much. No problem. I just—it's no just—it's obvious that just asking her to sing at drop of a hat is just not an issue. She's never going to be an issue. I, She's a performer, I, ladies and gentlemen. I'm She's a performer. A whole new set of lyrics to the Gambler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Well, this could be one to hear as well for our future. Uh, future show one you were singing to me the other night which one was that i can't keep up with myself it it was from the sound of music oh tiggy and my favorite right tiggs oh yes that's right i'd forgotten about that hmm cheddar and brie and gouda and emmentaler Swiss and Munster and Cheddar and Brie. These are a few of my favorite things. (laughs) I think I even like that one better. I don't, I mean, my face hurts. (laughs) Me too. Okay, well done. You hear my version of the gambler about the Wellington Grisashi. Oh, save that for next time, Hetty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll have forgotten about it because my brilliance has a relatively short attention span. Well, just get your servant to write it down. Yeah. You know how disobedient she is, Tigger. Please don't remind me what it's like living in this this torture. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what. I'll get you a little tape recorder and um, you you can sing it into it and then we'll have it. That might be a good idea because, you know, the servant, she can barely remember her name or where she is or what day it is or where she's supposed to be at any given moment. So it sort of would be like Tigger would be your executive assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is Tigger looking for work? Apparently so. (laughs) She wants to get into recording, I think. (laughs) She can probably travel on my jet with me. Oh, yeah. I, I think Patty should be... One. 
you know, we'll have a heady sing-alongs, heady show. A heady and I show. think Patty should be like the the lead-in act of comedy, <laughs> stand-up comedian, and I'll just be in the, the agent, and Jennifer will be in charge of you know Maybe. all sound, lighting, um, <laughs> special effects. It sounds um, like a plan. And I karaoke. It, <laughs> I see. I see a new future for me. I, I'm just saying. I'm just, I, I, as long as I get, you know, a jet and cheese. A cheesy jet. A cheesy jet. A cheesy jet. And then, and then I need my sister because she's my emotional support dog. Well, that's good. And I need okay. my servant because I hate to think of what would happen to her without me. <laughs> right. That's so kind of you. And she so would probably just... Hearted. Oh, I know. My benevolence knows no boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Hetty. Thank like you. Yeah, yeah, good, night. good Good night, Hetty. Goodbye. I am Bye. now. I have to go kill the servant. Goodbye. Okay, good, good job. <laughs> and we're here with Mary Ross from the Challenge of the Americas. Welcome, Mary. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. So, um, Patty and I and Jennifer and certainly um, almost everybody in, in the horse world in Florida knows about the Challenge of the Americas, which raises money for breast cancer research. Yes. And it's the big event in Wellington in March. But, Mary, as the organizer and founder, what, what led you to create this? Well, my mother passed away from breast cancer, and I wanted to honor her memory and I had seen, I just always loved the musical dressage, and I had seen a pas de trois um, on a video. And I'd, I'd, I must have watched it eight times, you know, over and over and over. And so I started thinking, mother liked horses as well. And I thought, what a beautiful way to honor her memory oh, that's and wonderful. help raise money for, you know, breast cancer research. So I actually knew uh, the president of uh, the Breast Cancer Research Foundation and Play for Pink. And so we got to talking and they wanted to, they thought it would be great to have a fundraiser in the equestrian community. So that's how it got started. We started how many off years in, ago? Yeah, I was just going to ask, how well, long ago? Been, yeah. we, we started in 2002. I've mm-hmm. taken only, I believe, two years off since. So where where are we? My math isn't the best. So I That's think we're lot. at what fourteen. This will be our fourteenth year. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Wow. That's awesome. Thirteenth or fourteenth year, and um, we started as a pot as well because that's what I, you know, that's what I was kind of hooked on. And then the funny part of it was, is it's grown so big over the years. But when I first started it, everybody said it's not going to work. Nobody's really? going to have time to do it. Oh, yeah. The trainers, they won't be able to take time out of their schedules, you know, because it's busy. busy, busy oh, sure. That makes a lot of down sense. Here. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I wanted it to be at the level of the Grand Prix because I thought, you know, I just think it, you know, I just wanted it at the top, top level. And it's not, my drills are great at any level, but I, I kind of made us different because I went straight to Grand Prix. But anyway, everybody mm. said, no, it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. So I asked three riders and all three of them immediately said yes. <laughs> and then somebody talked about Terry Gallo. I asked her, she said yes. So, awesome. I mean, we literally put on this little performance at a luncheon at a horse show, the Palm Beach Dressage Derby. Wow. And it's every year somebody would say, hey, I want to ride in that. I want to ride that. And, you know, we just kept growing until now we're up to, I think this year we have 37 riders. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, we went from the luncheon to under the lights, the global dressage festival. <laughs> and wow. it's just everybody seems to like it. And, every you know, people do want to participate. So yeah. Oh, yeah. It's worked out. Everybody has fun. It's fun and it's for a great cause. Yeah, it certainly is. And and you've got something really unique and different this year, Mary, because now you don't have to be in Wellington to watch it. Yes, let's hear about that. <laughs> well, uh, we are. We have been invited to live stream the challenge on the USEF network, 
and uh, we were we're I'm a little nervous about it. We hadn't done it before, but I'm kind of it's it'll be great because I had I have always gotten emails and you know Facebook messages. Why don't you live stream this? Why we would like we heard about it. We want to see it too. So it's actually going to happen. So I certainly hope everybody tunes in. Absolutely. And also different this year is we have a team competing from Holland. They're coming via video. It's a live performance. Oh, that's neat. It's a big screen. And, uh, of course, on the live stream, I've been told that it's just like seamlessly. They plop it in there, and you wouldn't even know the difference. And that's what we hope to do next year. We're going to expand for more European teams. You know, oh, that's, that's how, how we're going to expand. So it's fun. I mean, I'm excited about the Holland team. I, I can't wait to see them. Oh, I can't even imagine how cool this is to go from a luncheon to dr- live streaming a Holland team. I mean, wow, that's incredible. Well, so, Mary, I guess people if, seem if, to like it. <laughs> if somebody, yeah. if, our, if our listeners want to tune in, how do they get to the live stream? Well, um, they will go to the USEF network. And when they get to the US, they go to USEF.org where okay, the so, USEF network is. Okay. And usually you have to be a member to watch any of their videos on their website. But but for the challenge, though, there will be giving out. What we'll be doing is on Facebook. Always check our Facebook page because if okay. anything new is coming up, it's going to be on that page. And what's going to happen is is USEF is going to give a code. And when when somebody goes to their website to watch the video, they'll put in the code and they will be allowed to watch it, you know, free of cost. Awesome. But we also have an app that they can download and which will allow them to actually vote for the teams they like best. And we will have a popular vote but it will not come in until the next day because we have a team from Holland <laughs> right. and we have to let Europe vote. And you will so also be able to donate to uh, breast cancer research so, yes. um, on I'll the night the of the challenge. Right. These riders that perform in the challengers, particularly in the quadrilles at the end, the six rider uh, Grand Prix quadrille, they spend, they spend a couple months practicing mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. single week. I mean, they really are supporting the cause. And, you know, if somebody's watching and they're enjoying themselves, we certainly hope, or we, we really hope that they will click on the link and donate what they can to help us raise more money for breast cancer research. That's awesome. Well, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it. And, um, I hope all Healthy Critters listeners will go to USEF, that's United States Equestrian Federation.org. It's March 9th. What time does it start, Mary? It starts at 6 o'clock. So tune in at 6, and you can check on on, uh, the Challenge of the Americas on Facebook, Mm -hmm. and we have information on the Healthy Critters Radio website. That's Healthy Critters Radio dot com thank you, you mary yeah but if they have a question just message us on facebook okay wonderful. what a what a great cause and and what a wonderful thing that you did in honor of your mother and look how big it's gotten and it's just amazing so congratulations well, on you. where it's where it's going but it's always been such a, a highlight for the for the season and just a great thing so this is awesome well i hope you all can find a way to get down here because we'd love to have you Well, thank you. Okay, thanks, Mary. Thanks, Mary. And now we're at Critter Nutrition, and I'm going to talk about hay analysis. I routinely look at hay analysis sent by customers needing an interpretation of the data There has been a trend in hay nutritional quality the last few years that reflects weather conditions and farming practices. We have arrived at a point in the care of our horses where hay analysis is imperative, not only for the metabolic horses, but for all horses. Why? Protein levels have dropped in hay such as timothy and orchard grass. I have recently seen a mixed orchard timothy hay analysis showing protein at 6% and a whopping 17% NSC. 
Ideally, we'd like to see the opposite, 17% protein and 6% NSC. Performance horses, young growing horses, pregnant mares, older horses, horses recovering from injury need higher protein values. NDF and ADF. ADF in a hay analysis measures cellulose and lignin, the least digestible plant components. ADF values increase as hay maturity increases, and these higher values mean lower digestibility. Hays that are too high in indigestible fibers can increase the risk of GI tract disturbances, particularly in the hindgut. NDF in a hay analysis measures all the fiber in the plant, hemocellulose, cellulose, and lignin. The higher percentage of NDF and ADF, the more lignin the hay contains. Lignin has very low digestibility in horses. I commonly see hay analysis with an NDF of of 65% or higher. Kathleen Crandall, PhD and equine nutritionist with Virginia Tech's Middleburg Agricultural Research and Extension Center, estimates that high-quality forages tend to have ADF of 25 to 35% and NDF at 35 to 55%. Lower quality hays will have an ADF of 35 to 45% and an NDF of 55 to 70. She cautions against feeding hay that is over 65% NDF because it increases the risk of impaction. Good quality hay will have more leaf than stem. Very leafy hay will be lower in ADF and NDF and will be more digestible. Vitamins and minerals. Vitamin A in the form of beta carotene and vitamin E, which fresh forage provides, lose potency during hay storage. The longer the hay is stored, the more these fat-soluble vitamins degrade. We are seeing hay now tested after baling with low vitamin E levels. Common also is to see low levels of specific minerals, magnesium, zinc, copper, selenium, and sodium. Weather is something a farmer can't control, but how the soil is nurtured is revealing more and more about the limitations and problems with industrial farming and ultimately the quality of hay. Among the critical elements of the soil matrix are microbes and fungi. They break down decaying plant matter to create a rich biomass and help convert inorganic forms of minerals like carbonates and oxides into organic forms that the young growing plants need. Long-term chemical fertilizer applications on fields significantly affect soil microbial communities by reducing their population, lowering carbon content, and they lead to acidification of soils. Organic fertilizers such as manure support the microbial communities in the soil, as well as a higher soil pH and an increase in the soil carbon and nitrogen levels. Because the microbes are so important for converting earth minerals to organic forms the plants can use, higher mineral content is often found in hay that has been grown without chemical fertilizers such as nitrogen. Farmers are being encouraged by Monsanto to use the herbicide glyphosate, Roundup, as a desiccant applied to the hay after cutting. A study published March 2010 in Plant and Soil, Volume 328, Issue 1 through 2, highlighted a significant decrease in macro and micronutrients in the leaf tissues of soybean plants after glyphosate use. The three minerals most likely to be deficient in glyphosate-sprayed plants are magnesium, copper, and zinc. These are the same minerals that are often deficient in hay. Some farmers use glyphosate to kill weeds in their pastures because they say horse owners don't want to see weeds in their hay bales. Of course, we don't want to see toxic weeds in our hay, but if glyphosate reduces the mineral content of our hay, maybe a few friendly weeds in our hay should not be our biggest concern. To balance the nutritional deficiencies, if you need to increase protein, add alfalfa hay, 26% protein, or alfalfa pellets or cues, 17 to 15 to 17% protein. Alfalfa is a complete protein for horses, providing all the essential amino acids. You can add coconut meal, cool stance, which provides 20% protein, and renew gold, which is coconut meal and rice bran, which provides 15%. Renew Gold would not be the best choice for metabolic horses due to the high NSC of rice bran. <clears throat> Common ingredients for equine protein supplements are whey protein isolate or whey protein concentrate, which are denatured during the high heat processing and acid flushes. 
This strips the way of other beneficial factors, including nutrients and peptides and immune factors. Soy isolate is a common ingredient in protein formulas and muscle building formulas. Soy is genetically modified, the crop commonly sprayed with glyphosate. Soy has endocrine disrupting compounds. Look for protein and muscle building formulas with undenatured whey protein and no soy. Vitamins and minerals, even if you're feeding a complete feed, it's formulated on typical hay analysis of many years ago. It is imperative to add a multivitamin mineral if your hay tests low on critical nutrients, vitamin E, beta carotene, zinc, copper, selenium, magnesium. If both your forage and your hay is low in vitamin E, you may need to add additional vitamin E supplementation even when feeding a multivitamin mineral. Get a CBC. It's very important to pull a Pull a complete CBC blood panel every year or twice a year on your horse, particularly a performance horse. If a certain mineral such as magnesium or zinc or copper is low, then you know to supplement or add foods that are high in that particular mineral. Remember, getting a hay analysis is important to ensure your horse is getting the nutrients and protein and digestible fiber he needs. Getting a CBC done at least once a year is important for maintaining a baseline of health and for knowing where nutritional imbalances may be occurring before they become a problem. If you want to know more uh, about this article and read it in full, you can go to biostarus.com, go to our article section, and the complete hand analysis article is there. Or you can just oh. go to the faith. You can go to the website, go to horseradionetwork.com and go to the Health of Critters Radio episode 56. And we will have a link to that article right there in the show notes. Ta da! <laughs> real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real food ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So we are now at our coffee clutch, and we have a guest that is absolutely near and dear to my heart, who's been a longtime uh, family friend, and Laura Papard, who is a licensed mental health therapist, but runs a pet loss support group. And um, Laura, welcome to the show. Um, we are so I'm Thank I'm you. so personally happy to have you here. Um, I'm um, so glad to be here. Yeah. So, you know, I know this is kind of a wide open way to start this, but, you know, of course, everybody kind of has an idea of what pet loss support group would be. But um, tell, tell us about it. Tell us how you got started in it and what, what this does. You know, how does this work? Okay. Well, it, it does sound sort of obvious, but what, what a pet loss support group is, is exactly that. It's a group. It's a, a support group for anyone that is either anticipating the loss of a loved one Mm -hmm. Um, And that is an animal family member or has experienced the loss of um, the death of a family member. And you're going to hear me refer to um, your pets as family members because in reality, that's really what they are. And that's sometimes a foreign concept to a lot of people, especially if they don't understand the animal human bond. So it's, it's open uh, for anyone that's, you know, experienced that loss. I've been facilitating this group for about eight years. Um, here wow. in West Palm Beach, Florida, um, twice where we started once a month, uh, and we're now doing it twice a month. It's free and open to the public. And uh, Dr. Roy of Palm Beach Veterinary Specialist donates the space and wow. sponsors my time. And um, so it's been going. It's it's very it's been very well received. And I think it's um, something that's necessary because when we lose, when our loved one dies, a, a pet, um, it it's somewhat not understood by a lot of people. Mm. So at the very time we might need support from friends and loved ones, if they don't understand that human animal bond, 
uh, they're not able to be there for us. And many times, yeah. in our, in, you know, in our culture, we don't understand death. Um, and we don't know how to deal with that, even though nobody gets out of your life. Right. So grief is a, is a natural and normal response to loss. Um, right. We're all going to experience death in our lives. Um, and so our beloved pet uh, is a family member uh, right. who's, you know, very close to us. So, um, I mean, obviously you and I share so many stories about all of this, which we don't have enough time for, but, um, I mean, so how did you, how did you get into this? I mean, obviously you help people and, um, what the listeners don't know is that you, um, obviously have had many pets that we have, we have had together and, um, yeah. And we have lost together. But how did you yourself, somebody who got into this field to help people, how did you get into this group? What what started it for you? Well, uh, interestingly enough, one of um, one of the organizations that I worked with during during the past fifteen years is my career as a mental health counselor. Is I went to work for hospice, mm-hmm. uh, and in the hospice, we don't just deal with uh, people who are have a family member or a loved one that are with hospice. We actually went out into, you know, into the area and we had a crisis team. So we dealt with all different kinds of losses, traumas. Um, You know, we worked with Mm -hmm. local service providers. So that's what really started me on the journey um, of, of working with loss, working with death. It was, it was, you know, a personal loss to me that opened my eyes that this is not something to be afraid of, but rather something to be supported. And so I was contacted um, by a, a person, Andrea Ficacello, who worked with uh, a Palm Beach Veterinary Specialist and said, gee, they wanted to start a pet loss support group, but I'd be willing to work with them, develop the program, and get it off the ground. And, and that wow. was eight years ago. And so wow. that's what we did. We started with one night, uh, and we advertised it basically just through uh, the veterinarians in the, in the area, and, and it's really taken off. So, so I guess that's how. a I guess that's a good question. Is if somebody is listening to the, the you know this interview, what is it? Um, what type of people are you helping? Like, and I know that's again a broad question, but who 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 who's in your group? I'm sure there's different varieties of people. Um, you said before sure. people that are just getting ready to lose pets or they've lost pets. I mean, I know in my own personal experience, <laughs> um, I. I, I still see Boris walking around the house. <laughs> um, and um, I mean, it, it took me a long time to not be freaked out by it, but tell me who this helps, who, who this supports and, and how. You know, it really supports anyone that has um, a love and has developed a bond and a love and a close relationship or supporting someone that has a relationship with a pet. Um, and those pets I've had, uh, we've had, it's not just dogs and cats or horses, mm-hmm. or we've had ferrets, we've had opossums, okay. um, wow. all, okay. all parrots, um, you know, different types of birds. Uh, so we've had all types of, uh, animals, uh, that have, you know, lost their fam, you know, have died and people of all ages, I, I do limit, it has to be somewhat, a a special circumstance for a child to come to group mm-hmm. only because it's uh, a group of adults. So right. um, okay. I have had some and some families, but typically it's adults of all ages um, who are looking for some support with a, gr- with a loss and, and grief right. is a natural and normal response to loss. There's no timetable. We don't always start grieving when we experience a loss. Right. Uh, our circ- the circumstances surrounding the death or the loss, uh, can impact how we grieve or when we start grieving. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the most difficult things in our culture is that many of us feel alone when we're experiencing our grief. And so when you come into a support group, it's a safe place. Mm-hmm. And the reality of grief is we need to be able to tell our story. We, will, we need to be able to share that story right. with others. And in telling that story and sharing what's difficult, sharing what's been helpful, uh, it's that support that helps us heal. That ends up getting it. Well, so, um, okay. So you are located um, uh, in the West Palm Beach area primarily. It's, it is in Wellington, correct? Where the group meets? It's actually, it, it is on Forest Hill Boulevard in West okay. Palm Beach. It's Palm Beach Veterinary Specialist. Okay. If anyone would like information, uh, they can yes. certainly call me. Um, 
and um, or go on to my website. The information is there as well. And we yes, we'll, counseling perfect. Com. Okay. Uh huh. And the and phone people, number is there as well. Perfect. Good. That's awesome. And so, and we'll also put this on our Healthy Critters um, uh, Facebook page if, for people, because I, you know, there's always people out there that are going through this. And I think mm-hmm. it is the the thing that's so special about this is that you know if you've lost family members, meaning actually you, you know human family members. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you have a pet that's lost. I think that people sometimes don't feel as validated feeling that grief. And um, mm-hmm. this is a wonderful thing for people to know that's out there. And I'm sure it's in yeah. every. I'm sure it's in other areas of the of the country too as well. But that's a wonderful way to um, get support from this. So thank you so much. This has been wonderful. It's a great avenue for people to get some help and actually meet some other people that are going through the same thing. And um, thank you so much for your time and. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. Thank you for having me on. Okay. No problem. Have a good evening. Great. Great. Okay. Thanks for listening, everyone, and thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 